So, Mike, we've covered a lot of exciting projects this season of Rocketship.fm, all focused on Web3. Yeah, that's right. We've covered, let's see, the the Mickey Mantle NFT rookie card drop, the one I, I tried to spend a whole <laughs> lot of my life savings on. Um, we went behind the scenes of NFT projects like Woody's and the blockchain Solana. Yeah, it even took you to Los Angeles for the Cameo NFT party where you got to shake hands with Stanley from the office. Yes, yes, I did. Uh, but I feel like there's a but coming up here. <laughs> well, you're right, because while we've covered a lot of exciting projects, we're going to end this season with a cautionary tale of a project that was once exciting but has now crashed the entire crypto ecosystem. Okay, yeah, you must be talking about the Terra USD and its founder, Do Kwan. That's that's right. Okay, let's roll the intro. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort 
based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us, go to gigantic.is, that's gigantic.is, and save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. So today we're going to be diving into the story of Terra USD, its counterpart Luna, and the controversial founder and renowned Twitter personality, Do Kwan. Hi, everyone. I'm Do. Uh, I was computer science 14. Um, I, you know, spent the last few years working on various different things. So out of college, uh, I worked for, you know, a big tech company. And then during that time, I was just working on side projects full time doing nothing as if it was COVID. Um, and then so I, you know, uh, started a... Um, networking company in mesh network. So the idea was that you could connect user devices over Wi-Fi direct and Bluetooth so that even if you don't have direct internet connectivity, you could hop through a network of other users around you to get free internet access. Um, and um, while we were working on you know, that technology, as, as you enter uh, you know, search queries for mesh networks or distributed networks, um, things like Bitcoin and Ethereum tends to pop up a lot. And then, so that's how I sort of fell down the crypto rabbit hole and then started to think about like, what are some of the ways in which we can construct better currency, um, you know, specifically designed for a decentralized internet. And that's how um, I got the inspiration to start building Terra in 2017. Terra USD and Luna often referred to as Terra Luna, uh, which we're going to explain their relationship in just a second, but it was the largest decentralized finance ecosystem by market capitalization with a theoretical market cap of about $40 billion. As you've probably heard these past couple of weeks, the Terra USD and Luna coin They've crashed, essentially lighting that $40 billion in value on fire. Their meltdowns also had a domino effect on the rest of the crypto market, tanking the prices of Bitcoin and accelerating the loss of $300 billion in value across the entire crypto economy. That's right. So the relationship between Terra and Luna, it involves minting and burning coins in order to keep the value of the Terra USD at equilibrium. Remember, it's supposed to be pegged to the US dollar. The ecosystem was designed to maintain a one-to-one relationship with Terra and the US dollar through market arbitrage. If the market value of Terra slipped to 99 cents or less, enough buyers were supposed to enter the market to raise the value. And if the value went to $1.01 or higher, holders were incentivized to sell to lower its value. Here's a quick explainer. The Terra ecosystem holds two assets at its heart. The native network coin, which is called Luna, and the stable coin, which is called UST. Now, the power of Luna is a bit different than in other projects because it is actually used to maintain the stable value of Terra. 
but the idea is the same. Luna is a token that is used to keep the price of Terra at exactly $1. It is also used for network fees. Let me explain how this works. When the value of UST is mismatched to the value of a real US dollar, basically they use Luna to incentivize people to do certain things to stabilize the price. They do this either by burning their UST or creating more of it to manipulate the value. And the people that proactively help the network stay stable are incentivized with profits. Alright, here we go. If Terra is over a dollar, the answer is simple. You can always reduce the price of something by making more of it. And that's exactly what they do. Now, you might be wondering, who do they give all these extra Terra tokens to? Well, they give them to the people that trade in their Luna tokens, but they do it for a very small, but also important profit. Next up, what happens if Luna goes under a dollar? How do they bring it back up? Well, if it goes under a dollar, you can actually trade your Terra coins in for a dollar value of Luna. Again, making a very small, but meaningful profit. This means we can basically shrink the circulating supply of Terra, causing the price to go up. So what went wrong? How did Terra's value, which was supposed to be algorithmically tied to the US dollar, slip below a dollar? To better understand just what happened here, Let's start back at the beginning. All right. So Terra was created in January of 2018 by Daniel Shin, by Daniel Shin and Do Kwan as an algorithmic stablecoin that it's not backed by any physical assets. This was the major differentiating factor in the project, as there have been other stablecoins like Tether or True USD that are actually backed by like gold or the fiat currency, but Terra wanted to be truly disconnected from the fiat ecosystem and thus is purely backed by the trust of the network in the network. Now we'll get into it, but they did eventually claim to buy or plan to buy $10 billion in Bitcoin to use as a backing asset, but that wasn't until 2022. Now, stable coins exist so that crypto natives can get in and out of the dollar easily without needing a bank to approve deposits and withdrawals. Stablecoins facilitate most crypto trading volume, and they power the never-ending crypto carousel that is DeFi, decentralized finance. Just a few months after the launch of Terra, Terraform Labs was incorporated in Singapore. From the beginning, crypto experts were skeptical that an algorithm would keep Mr. Kwan's twin cryptocurrencies Terra and Luna, stable. In 2018, a white paper outlined the stablecoin proposal, and it reached the desk of Cyrus Yanessi, an analyst for the crypto investment firm Scalar Capital. Cyrus then sent a note to his boss explaining that the project it could easily enter a death spiral in which a crash in Luna's price would bring the stablecoin down with it. Yeah, then in January of 2019, Luna was actually sold to investors through an ICO, which raised $62 million. Then in June of 2019, Chai, a banking and payments app in Korea, launched. Now, Chai is a mobile payments app that's powered by Terra's blockchain network. The app offers the same seamless payment experience as mainstream apps, where users simply add their bank account to pay. But in the background, Terra blockchain lowers transaction fees and instantly settles with merchants through its blockchain technology so as to offer a better user experience. Uh, here's Do Kwan talking about the integration. But in the back end is where the real magic starts to happen. And I contend that Terra solves two of the biggest roadblocks to the adoption of digital payments in Asia and the rest of the world. Up, up to today, we've had 430,000 uh, shoppers over the Chai Payment Gateway, most of them coming in the last month. And we've processed nearly 2 million transactions up to date. 
In terms of daily active users, Terra and Chai has already surpassed some of the most popular tokens. Then, in July of 2020, they launched Anchor, which is a staking protocol that runs on top of Terra, with the promise of giving a 19.5% yield on the money stored. That sounds too good to be true. Yes, <laughs> and we now know it is, but that was their adoption strategy, and the market ate it up. Here's a video from Coin Bureau's YouTube channel, which has 2 million subscribers, about the basic economics of Anchor. Believe it or not, it boils down to nothing more than basic economics. Allow me to explain. So a few moments ago, I mentioned that borrowers on Anchor Protocol deposit Luna or ETH to borrow UST. This isn't entirely correct. Borrowers on the Anchor Protocol must deposit staked Luna or staked ETH to borrow UST. On Anchor Protocol, staked Luna is referred to as bonded Luna or BLUNA, and staked ETH is referred to as bonded ETH or BETH. BLUNA is created by depositing regular Luna into a special smart contract on the Anchor Protocol that delegates the deposited Luna to whitelisted, i.e. verified, validators on Terra. This Luna is locked for 21 days as per the standard staking lockup. Meanwhile, BETH is created with the help of another crypto project called Lido Finance, which makes it possible to tokenize staked ETH so that it's tradable on the Ethereum blockchain. For context, any ETH staked on the Beacon chain is currently locked until Ethereum transitions to proof of stake. Lido Finance's staked ETH, or STETH, is locked in a special smart contract on the Ethereum blockchain, which then mints a corresponding amount of BETH on the Terra blockchain for use in the Anchor protocol. Now, as far as I understand, BETH can be withdrawn and converted back to STETH at any time. Did you get that? Uh, honestly, I didn't. <laughs> no. So now that we're all clear as mud, we should say that over time, the promised yield for Anchor continued to decrease, right? As they, they couldn't possibly return 20% indefinitely. And it was around 4% in 2020 from what I could find. So later in 2020, they launched Terra USD a stable coin that was pegged to the US dollar. Okay, we're about to get to Do Kwan's first subpoena by the US SEC right after a quick break. So before the break, we discussed the beginning of Terra and Terra Labs and their insane 20% yield on staked or stored assets that they were offering through their, their app Anchor. But that wasn't the only boundary Do Kwan was looking to push. In December of 2020, they launched Mirror, a synthetic stock protocol that allowed customers to mint crypto assets that mimic the value of shares in publicly traded companies. Then in September 2021, the U.S. Security and Exchange Commission subpoenaed Terraform Labs founder Do Kwan with concerns that Mirror may actually violate federal securities law. The whole incident was actually pretty dramatic. They subpoenaed him at the Masari Mainnet Cryptocurrency Conference in New York right before he was set to go on stage and speak. He was coming down the elevator and they subpoenaed him right there on the elevator. Tons of witnesses around. He initially denied it, but he eventually admitted it happened because he ended up countersuing the Securities and Exchange Commission, saying that they didn't have the authority to subpoena him. Here's actually Doe on the topic. So the way that I think about it is that, yes, there is some hostile overreach of regulators in the beginning. And that's because like the industry is just fundamentally transformative, right? But 
Another way of thinking about it is that uh, people that run regulated fintech services or banking services get hit with subpoenas and get investigated and have to work with regulators on a daily basis. I think the problem is that even though some of these crypto companies operate from a financial perspective at the scale of Fortune 500 companies, they're really at, you know, like from a human resources perspective, they're at the size of um, like a seed or a series A uh, stage startup. So when, um, you know, regulators approach them as if they would be talking to, let's say, the Robin Hoods of the world, then I, I think it has like a huge psychological impact. But the reality of it is, it's just like one of those things that you have to deal with if you're trying to start a financial revolution. So one of the interesting things that I thought about is, um, you know, like in crypto, the DeFi meme is that we're here to change the future of France, right? Um, and the interesting thing is the last time that they tried to change the future of France, they pulled out the guillotine, right? And then they started executing people. And they're not doing that today, right? Like, I don't think, I don't think regulators are doing anything that's super crazy. All they're, all they're doing is asking questions and yeah, like there, there's going to be some some hostility about it. Uh, usually, people are hostile to things that they don't understand. But it's through this process that we re educate regulators, you know, uh, find a common ground and find compromise, right? So if we're really in this, and this is if this is an actual revolution, then I think some of the costs that we have to bear are like actually not that high. It's just the it's just the price we have to pay to play the game. Nothing seemed to come of it and he seemed to become more and more emboldened by it, at least publicly. Investors, including Arrington Capital and Coinbase Ventures, they shoveled in more than $200 million between 2018 and 2021, according to PitchBook, which tracks funding. Then, in February of 2022, Singapore-based nonprofit Luna Foundation Guard, or LFG as it was known, raises $1 billion through the sale of Luna tokens to buy Bitcoin for TerraUSD's reserve system. Jump Crypto, Three Arrows Capital, they were the lead investors here. And Doe announced that the foundation would be buying over $10 billion in Bitcoin to use as a stable reserve. The easy way to understand this is that we're using Bitcoin to create a decentralized forex reserve. For, for the Terra stablecoin. So for any peg system, you generally keep a Forex reserve of you know, foreign currencies or highly liquid bonds in order to make sure you can meet short-term changes in currency demand. So uh, the analog of this in a cryptocurrency system is exactly what we're doing with the Terra stablecoin and Bitcoin. The idea is that at any given time, you can trade in a dollar's worth of Terra USD and get a dollar's worth of Bitcoin. And vice versa, you can trade in a dollar's worth of Bitcoin and get one pair of USD. Um, so in our choice to choose Bitcoin, Bitcoin is the biggest and the most neutral uh, of all the cryptocurrencies. And Terra USD at around $16.5 billion in market cap is currently the largest decentralized stablecoin. So it made perfect sense for the two to work together. Then there was the bet. The thing to understand is that Do Kwan on Twitter has a... I don't know, a bombastic personality, maybe I'll say. <laughs> Some of his favorite responses include, silence is a perfectly acceptable option, if stupid, and have fun staying poor. <laughs> That's right. Just before the crash, he was actually discussing the entertainment he found in watching other companies and cryptocurrencies fail. I wonder how many of uh, these companies you think are entering the space just because it's hot and there's a lot of funding versus the ones that will s still be here, you know, like two to five years later. 95% oh, are going to die. Yeah. 95% are going to die. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's also entertainment in watching companies die too. 
there's entertainment. Oh man, that's 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 so evil. At least you get to learn from it. And then there was the bet. On Twitter, he was also showing his confidence. The Twitter user Algod bet $1 million that in one year from now, Terra Luna would essentially collapse. The stakes got raised to $10 million and put on the blockchain for everyone to see. Quan, in response to a dissenter on Twitter, got wrapped up in a $10 million plus bet that crypto personality Kobe was in charge of holding the funds in a wallet for. The bet, it, it started at a million dollars, but it quickly ballooned as more people piled in and Quan just couldn't help himself. And then side bets were made. At one point, I think it was up to $22 million was being held in conjunction with this, this bet. Up next, the crash of Luna and Terra USD. But first, a quick break. So before the break, we followed Do Kwan's journey developing the Terra ecosystem, which includes Terra USD, Luna, the Anchor Protocol, and Mirror, the project that initially got him in trouble in the US Securities and Exchange Commission. He's raised hundreds of millions of dollars for Terra Labs, which is the company that oversees the project and is committed to buying $10 billion in Bitcoin as a stabilizing currency to back the Terra ecosystem. But then, on August 30th, 2022, Kwan filed documents in South Korea to dissolve Terra Labs. It's still unclear why this happened, but it was just days before the crash of Terra USD and Luna. The dissolution was approved on May 4th, 2022. Then on May 9th, people began to notice something strange happening in the network. The $1 peg promised by Luna on their UST token began to come undone. Headlines were made when UST began to break from its secure peg of one US dollar. The disaster began to kick off with a series of major withdrawals from the interest yielding UST system. According to Coindesk, the amount was around 4 billion. A single wallet also dumped $84 million worth of UST on the Ethereum blockchain and $108 million on the Binance crypto exchange. These led calls from within the community that the DPEG was a coordinated attack. But people couldn't worry about that now, as things went from bad to worse. UST starts trading at 90 cents, then 85 cents. The peg was really failing. Over the coming hours, panic sets in, and some users pull their money out. Conspiracy theories begin to take root online. What exactly is happening here? Then even more users try to pull out their funds. This time, all at once, the network becomes congested. A near instant collapse as people are frantically pulling out their money. Luna, which was trading around $70 at the time, begins to crash from 70 to 50 to 20 to 10, all within hours, eventually hitting just 10 cents and is now virtually zero. Then Janet Yellen weighed in during a Senate hearing the very next day. So I'm not sure if um, the concentration of holdings among um High wealth investors, if that's true, poses in and of itself a financial risk unless those investors happen to be leveraged so that a decline in the value of the assets can trigger financial distress, which spills over to others. But um, certainly I think there are many uh, risks associated with uh, cryptocurrencies um, and the, the president has asked uh, the Treasury and FSOC to look at those risks. We will issue a comprehensive report shortly. The president's working group is also 
has already described the risks we see in connection with one form of crypto assets, which is stable coins. And there we see run risks, which could threaten financial stability, risks associated with the payment system and its integrity, and risks associated with um, increased concentration if stable coins are issued by uh, firms that already have substantial market, market power. Um, so we definitely see significant risks here. This rattled investors even more, destabilizing the entire crypto ecosystem. The news of the Terra collapse was the topic of every big financial news show uh, on cable. The carnage in the crypto world continued today with Bitcoin hitting its lowest level since December 2020. So what does the plunge mean for companies like MicroStrategy, which are so highly levered to these assets? For more, let's bring in CoinShares Chief Strategy Officer, Melton Dumours. Melton, great to have you with us. You know, uh, at some point in time, there was talk about more and more companies on the S&P 500 potentially putting Bitcoin on the balance sheet. And that seems like that is is done. I mean, that's just <laughs> a pipe dream at this point. Um, what, what's the ripple effect in your view of, of this? What kind of ripple effects will we see? I was trying to explain this story to my family last night, and I'm not going to lie and pretend that I understand all the mechanics. I don't. OK, but I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> and I remember 2001 and I remember 2008 when we were talking about bond tranches and CDOs. Outside of all the technical jargon, which may just kind of blow right over many of our viewer and listeners' heads, is there any indication in your reporting, you've been on crypto, you did it in Miami for a long time, great stuff, that there's some element of just out-and-out -out fraud here? I mean, it's hard to know what exactly happened with Terra. There have been a lot of concerns for a while that as a stable coin, it wasn't actually that stable. Um, as a so-called algorithmic stable coin, as you point out, it relies on kind of this sister currency, Luna, to keep it stable and incentivizes people to buy Luna when Terra starts to weaken and incentivizes people to buy Luna when the stablecoin starts to get too strong. And what can happen um, and what's happened with other algorithmic stablecoins in the past is that as soon as confidence breaks on one of those, both of them wind up going down and no one wants to buy either. And so they wind up in like this so-called death spiral. And so there are some people who say, you know, people investing in this should have known the risks because we've seen this happen before, not with a stable coin this large, but we have seen it happen before. Um, and then other people are saying, you know, maybe investors were misled, but also this is an area that doesn't really have regulation. And so the level of information that someone buying this has to have yeah. isn't necessarily the same as, you know, if you buy shares in Apple. And as the news spread, over $300 billion in value was just wiped from the entire crypto ecosystem in a matter of basically days as investors and consumers started to pull out their crypto holdings. Do Kwon went silent for several days as the ecosystem was wiping out. He eventually announced that he had a plan to bring Terra back and restore the value of the project, but his usual tactics have not worked. Previous investors have pulled their money out and does not appear that anyone wants to touch the project moving forward. Well, this came as a surprise to many that an algorithmic stablecoin could lose its peg on the U.S. dollar. In the unregulated world of crypto, I'm not sure that we should be this surprised. Whether this was a Ponzi scheme, an exit scam, it's still to be determined. But 
this is the reality of an open market. The, the code, the underlying philosophy, it simply failed. Now, this will most likely be another reckoning moment for the world of Web3 and crypto as more governments introduce legislation and this will be a big reason that that legislation will be coming into place. Yeah, and this brings us to the end of our series on Web3, but we wanted it to serve as a cautionary tale as we move forward. Yeah, sometimes uh, these projects get hyped up and there's a lot of successful projects out there, but sometimes there are massive, massive failures as well. And I know that we are going to be back, uh, you know, just because the season's ending certainly doesn't mean rocket ship's ending. We're, <laughs> we're going to be back with more stories of products and companies that shape our world. And, you know, sometimes after a season, people take a long break. We're not taking a long break. We'll, we'll be back next week. Right, Michael? That's right. That's right. So until then, for Mike Belsito, I'm Michael Saka, and this is Rocketship.fm. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network. And if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.